So we're here tonight to honor and celebrate the great charitra of one of the most pure and powerful spiritual warriors and heroes of our time, Thich Nhat Hanh, whose picture we have here on our little altar. I don't want to call it a memorial service because that implies that he's only a memory now and he's gone, but as he himself taught relentlessly, our being, our true nature never dies. Thich Nhat Hanh was a, a truly great role model not only of, a, of an enlightened sage, but from the very earliest time of his life, he was an extraordinary poet. He first became well known in Vietnam for his poetry, became famous for it. And Vietnam at that time, he was born in the 20s, which it was still uh, part of the, um, the old traditions, and, and he was born into a relatively upper-class family, lived in the walled city, and uh, he had the best of the uh, traditional Vietnamese culture and the best of the French uh, mission civilatrice, right? The, the French uh, colonial rule that still at that time had some sattvic elements. And so he grew up in, in, in a culture that appreciated poetry. And from there he went on to become a writer. And uh, as the situation in Vietnam became more desperate through the various uh, episodes of ongoing war, first uh, the Viet Minh against the French, and then after the French were defeated at Dien Bien Phu, the U.S. came in as the new colonial power, and uh, Vietnam was, uh, was split into north and south. Uh, Officially, it was supposed to be only for two years so that then they could come back together. But of course, that was always a deception. And so the war began again. And uh, the, he was a Buddhist monk from a very young age. And the Buddhists were not appreciated either by the Vietnamese communists nor by uh, the South Vietnamese uh, colonialists who wanted to Christianize the country. And uh, both sides were, uh, were determined to, uh, to have the war to an end, to uh, all or nothing. Neither side was open to reconciliation, and the Buddhist tradition was always a tradition of peace, of finding those common grounds upon which people could reconcile and uh, find a way to live together. But at the end of Kali Yuga, that is no longer possible for the conflicted nature of the ego at any level, which cannot live with itself as an individual and 
cannot live as a community, cannot live as a culture, cannot live as a world at peace. So he, he worked as a writer and an activist for peace, and the common people loved him. He was, a, he was an extraordinary innovator of Buddhism itself. He, uh, he shifted from the traditional Zen approach. He was taught the Linji uh, tradition, the, known as Rinzai in, ja in Japan, the koan tradition of Zen. But he saw that that was not a relevant approach for people in a war zone uh, who were no longer able to have the uh, luxury of meditating. And there were years of famine. There were years of, uh, in which uh, the, the monks were so persecuted, uh, that literally they had to be in hiding. And, uh, and many were, of his friends were killed. And, uh, and then in, uh, in the 60s, uh, he, he, uh, he shifted, he went into uh, first what was known as socially engaged Buddhism, but then he created a new approach that he called applied Buddhism, in, in which the approach of the, uh, the core uh, energy field of non-duality was to be applied in every situation differently individually, spontaneously, not according to any traditional approach. Because there were times when he would have to function as a therapist, and other times he would have to function as a nurse, and other times he would have to function as a strategist and, uh, and provide refuge, and uh, sometimes he had to, uh, to be a spokesman and sometimes a farmer, and. There were all uh, different kinds of roles that had to be played at different times. I first heard of him in the 60s. He got a Fulbright scholarship and, and uh, left Vietnam. He was to be exiled he, for almost 40 years. He wasn't allowed to go back because they didn't want peacemakers there. And, uh, and that was always his nature. And as uh, Christ said in the, his great sermon, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be known as children of God. And he was a true child of God. But I heard of him in the 60s uh, through his poetry and through his activism in the United States. He convinced Martin Luther King to uh, come out against the war in Vietnam, and that was I think the turning point for the uh, counterculture. And, uh, and he was a great influence on me personally. His nonviolence, his approach, was very much attuned to that of Mahatma Gandhi, which Martin Luther King also uh, took as a, uh, a model for his uh, nonviolent movement. And so uh, many of the threads of the countercultural uh, yearning for freedom and for peace came together at that point. And he was one of those spokesmen 
whose uh, books and whose ideas were uh, of extraordinary relevance. He created uh, what he called the Order of Interbeing, and I remember reading uh, his little book on that back in the 60s, and I became an informal member of that order. Uh, and uh, he, he has always focused on uh, one main teaching of Buddhism, which is the doctrine of uh, uh, codependent origination. If you go online, you'll see many teachings of his and Dharma talks in which he will refer uh, to that point. He'll often pick up a piece of paper and say, do you see the cloud in this little piece of paper? Do you see the tree? Do you see the soil? Do you see the raindrops? Do you see the lumberjack? Do you see the sweat of, of, of the people who lugged the lumber, put it on trucks, carried it to the pulp factory? Do you see all of the work that went into turning it into paper and all the people involved? They're all in this little piece of paper. If you don't see that the whole cosmos is in this piece of paper, then you don't see it. You don't perceive it truly. And so he was determined to open our third eye to help us see that we are all one. And so in the same way, do you see that you are also Thich Nhat Hanh, that he continues, he was not the body, and his influence, his power, his love, his greatness is in everyone's heart. And so we are here not to remember someone who is gone, but to remember that which is alive in us more than our ego can know, because it is the entire cosmos in a drop of luminous love. So he is someone to uh, admire. And there are very few people to admire in this last period of Kali Yuga. So I salute him. I think he has inspired probably more people to become spiritual and to turn to peace than anyone else that I know. And uh, his influence, because of all of the many books uh, that he has written and the teachings that he has given, have saturated the collective consciousness, I think, in a way that, that no other teacher even comes close to. And his influence far transcends Buddhism and far uh, transcends uh, Vietnam or even the effort of bringing peace to, to any conflict zone. But it, it, is, it is truly a recapitulation of that original phantasm that is the essence of our being, the archetype of what is the true greatness of the human spirit that he embodied with such humility and such purity and such generosity and such continual, ongoing, tireless 
giving out of compassion. What he didn't teach in words, hardly ever, was the underlying power behind his ability to have such compassion, which was his dispassion. His own freedom from the belief that uh, this uh, phenomenal plane has any reality in the forms of those individual beings who are not aware of our interbeing. He recognized all of that as an illusion. And so there was no attachment to any separate beings or countries or traditions or anything or anyone, no attachment whatsoever, because he already contained within himself all that is. And so there was nothing to need to hold on to. He truly was and is completeness in itself. He completed the journey of the human spirit and he embodied that completion, that accomplishment of liberation in life. That is the only testimony I think any of us need to the reality of the invincibility of the human spirit to conquer adversity, to conquer suffering, to conquer death. And so it is that greatness that I honor tonight and I hope all of us fully appreciate for this last ember of the supreme flame of truth and of light and of love that has been given to the world in this beautiful form. So. It's very few people who can open one's heart to the extent that he was able to do for so many beings. And I hope all of us use this period to go back and uh, listen to his teachings online and to appreciate not simply the, the depth and purity of the teachings but the power of peace that he emanates with his words, with his rhythms, with his gestures, with his pronunciation, with his art of the delivery of peace through his presence. He was a great artist at every level. And because he passed through every adversity, because he lived through a time of, of torture and death fearlessly and overcame all of it and was able to establish a whole network of monasteries and a whole uh, order that many young people in the West as well as in the East are following and uh, continuing. Uh, his, uh, his influence is in indeed not just not ending, but growing and multiplying and augmenting 
in all of the hearts that have been brought to flame by his beautiful example. I remember in the 60s when, uh, in those days, the, the US media still allowed uh, their wars to be televised. They learned from the fact that the anti-war movement grew out of the news reports that they couldn't do that, and that was the end of journalism. But they, there were actual video footages in those days of the U.S. Army dropping napalm on the villagers in Vietnam and burning people alive and, uh, and witnessing people running down the street naked with third-degree burns. And you saw what the, what the U.S. Uh, colonial empire was doing in the name of democracy and calling itself the free world and you realize the hypocrisy and the deception. But what impacted me more than that even was watching Buddhist monks and nuns burn themselves alive in Hanoi and in Saigon as examples in front of the American GIs they would pour the kerosene on themselves and light themselves on fire as if to say, we don't fear death. Your napalm does not scare us. It's only if we are in that fearless state that we will be victorious as yogis. And so the Vietnamese won their freedom, at least from the external oppression. But we are still oppressed by the ego. And the ego is fear itself. And to compensate fear, the ego projects anger and envy and all of the other vicious attitudes and prejudices and narcissistic bubbles of the ego's denial of its own vulnerability and its own helplessness and its own terror and dread of death. And so unless we are honest enough to go inward and face that and destroy the fear of death, to meet Mahakal head on, and to enter the void fully while alive, we will not know what spiritual royalty is and we will not have the opportunity to gain the victory that is necessary if Kali Yuga is to be overcome and a new Sat Yuga is to prevail. We must carry on that beautiful example of fearlessness and deathlessness 
and overcome all the adversity and all the suffering of our bodies, which are nothing compared to what the Vietnamese suffered and nothing compared to what most people in the world are now suffering. And to recognize our divine responsibility to use these vehicles of our bodily organisms as instruments of peace and compassion and love and to bring that power of peace and love into the world and be guides, humble and surrendered guides to the Godhead, to the great Supreme Self, whose rays of light we all embody and to share that light fully without hoarding it, without hiding it, without obscuring it because of our own obsession with our own petty sufferings, but to live in the glory of God despite the condition of the body or of the mind and to overcome all the limitations and all the fantasies of the ego that would keep us small and meaningless and become true embodiments of God, to bring that power of divine freedom and sovereignty back to the human spirit. So I am honored to call myself a disciple of Thich Nhat Hanh.